Hello, and welcome to another episode of Creed Got Robbed. Uh, this is Mike, and I have a, a special guest with us here today. Uh, we go way back. This is uh, my friend Celia. Hi, everyone. Yeah, Celia is super cool, uh, and she likes movies. And I do. She uh, knows actually quite a little bit about it, movies, because she you know, went to school for screenwriting. So I thought, I'm like, you know, hey, I do a dumb podcast where I yell about movies. Why don't I invite someone on here who knows how to yell about movies smartly? Ooh, smart yelling. That's my favorite smart. kind of yelling. Mm, yes, the smartest of yelling. Ooh, yes. I'm Mr. Burns fingering right now. Oh, oh my. Phrasing. <laughs> phrasing. It's too late. It's too late. That was terrible phrasing. Leave it in. It, it, we're, we're leaving it in. Too late. It's okay. Well, we're going to, I'm going to ask Celia a couple things. Um, then we're going to just talk about whatever. But, you know, as is tradition here on our podcast known as Creed Got Robbed, there, we are, our, our ongoing mission here is to relitigate the, I guess, the, the 2016 Oscars in which a film uh, directed by Ryan Coogler, starring Michael B. Jordan, known as Creed, uh, it's actually, a, a, I guess, a continuation of the Rocky series. Um, I want to say it maybe got robbed. And um, it's some, and I'm trying to, you know, correct this injustice. So the, the first question I have to ask you is, Celia, was Creed robbed? Yes, Creed was robbed. And you know what? I'm For someone who went to school for screenwriting, I actually don't see a lot of Oscar movies because I'm poor and it costs like $16 to go see a movie in LA. But last year, the woman I was working for gave me like all of her screeners. So I actually watched all the Oscar oh. movies. And I can tell you that Creed was absolutely robbed. Thank you. Like, because I, I don't know if I've seen all of them from 2016, but I know I watched, um, we went to go, we went to go see The Revenant and it's just like, I mean, I guess I liked it, but man, this, Leo's not even the best actor in this movie and it's just so far up its own. I know. I mean, it's like, it was good, but it was, oh, geez, it's just. It was just so full of itself. It's like, let's just have these gratuitous, look at this water dripping onto this leaf. <laughs> and it's like, what if this has nothing? I mean, I, like, I appreciate it. It's very beautiful. But I mean, I, like, technically that movie, you know, is cool. It's like, oh, they shot it with natural light. Like, that's like, that's crazy. That's like stupid. No one does that. But it's, just, it's not a very good movie. And then yeah. Spotlight, you know, was like just a nice episode of Law and Order. Yeah, it's, I respect that it won for Best Cinematography. It deserved it. And I respect that Leo won the Oscar for lead. But beyond that, I was like, you could honestly watch the first 10 minutes of the movie, the 10 minutes when he gets attacked by a bear, and the last 10 minutes, and you would not miss anything about the plot. Yeah, like, it, it, exactly. It's just not, you know, it's just, I get it, but it's just, uh, man, it was just, it was like half an hour. It felt like it was just like 20 minutes too long. It just like kept going. Like, yeah. Ugh. Like, so it, and, and I mean, these are, I mean, I, I enjoyed both these films, but the problem here is that Creed did not even get nominated. I know. It's just a fucking crime. <laughs> it a was. Crime. It's an American tragedy. It was an American. Yeah. Well, except, I mean, Sylvester Stallone got nominated, right? That was the only, that was like the one thing. It was the, it was the one nomination. I was like the one white guy. Did he win? I don't even remember. Did he win? 
I, I want to say maybe maybe I should have looked up Creed before I went on this podcast, but it's okay. I really can't remember if he live won. fact checking. It's gonna be live. great. I know. Yes. I definitely know he was not. He was nominated for a uh, supporting actor, uh, which I think was. Uh, I think it was. I think he did a great job. Like I. I think. Um, I think it's like I. I mean, this is a kind of a weird way to think about this movie, but I always keep going back to just just how hammy and just not well crafted Creed could have been, and it's just agreed. It's just so God, they just freaking nailed it in just so many different ways. Good lord, um, why can I not find this? My lord, I am just trying to stall as crazily as I can, and I could I just cannot find it. You've just gotta go. just do Wikipedia. 2016 Oscars, and, or go. maybe it's 2016. He was, yeah. He was nominated, but he uh, he did not win the Oscar. Oh, he, he lost to that guy. Globe. He lost to that guy in um, oh, in Bridge, Bridge of Spies, Spies. yeah, funny. which I didn't see. I lied. I didn't see every Oscar movie. I did not watch Bridge of Spies. Because <laughs> that's why. Oh, because I remember that one. Because like everybody audibly gasped when the the Bridge of Spies guy won because Sylvester Stallone didn't win because oh oh yeah Creed got robbed. Exactly. I feel like that happens, like, at every award show, though. There's always, like, some random-ass, like, out-of-left-field person who wins. Like, at the Golden Globes, it was that French actress in, like, L or whatever this year that was just, like, just oh, yeah. ran in and stole lead actress. Like, there's always some random-ass thing that happens at every award show. Well, yeah, and then, you know, then... The, the Oscars we will never forget happened. It's just, it's looking, I mean, right. it's like so long ago now, but god damn it, that was so funny. That's just so hilarious. Like, <laughs> how do you mess that? It's just, you have one, you, it's like. It's the epitome of like, you had you, one job. It's, no, it's like that, man, literally, like, you say, like, you have one job, that you probably have like 20 different jobs, but it's like, no, right. literally. This you guy. Have, like, actually just one job. Truly just one job. <laughs> But it's okay. I don't mind. You know, honestly, I don't mind more professional wrestling style antics in things that don't have antics. Yeah, I was also like, really, really I glad. Know. I was also really glad that it was a non-millennial who fucked something up because they were on their phone. It was like Finally. really nice Finally. for it to be like a sixty-year-old man. Oh, see, it was like oh, he was on his cell. I saw the um. Price Waterhouse Cooper the other day is like, oh, well, the people who man the envelopes from now on won't have, won't be using their cell phones, and it's like, <laughs> oh lord, you're right, it would have been a disaster <laughs> if it was like a millennial. It's just like, oh, yeah. the millennials probably just like playing Angry Snap Bird or something. I don't yeah, know. The think pieces that uh, would have happened had it been a millennial would have been numerous. <laughs> we would have been drowning in just medium style just pieces for days. Like, no, these takes. Keep these on Twitter. That's ready to take full on. <laughs> but we, but we made it. The best movie won. Yes. So. Well, you know what? And Moonlight is one of. I only saw Moonlight and Arrival this year, and Moonlight was one of the best movies. Speaking of good screenwriting, that movie was incredible. Like just. Oh my gosh! Like. Yeah, I um, I mean, we we had talked about it before, but it's just like. I mean, it's how so much like, I guess this is kind of this is kind of a good segue because I wanted to kind of talk to you about some screenwriting stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I really appreciate how, like, I, I, Moonlight did such a good job of uh, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, that the adage is always show, don't tell. You know, I think sometimes people forget that they're not making a radio play. Like, they're making a movie. Right. And and I thought Moonlight was just really, was so good about just showing you just, like, little details that were so, that told so, like, gave you so much information. Yeah, absolutely. And something, people often take show, don't tell really literally, like, show through visuals rather than tell through dialogue but there's also like in that movie show don't tell going on within the dialogue like very Mm -hmm. subtle but powerful dialogue that's not overt but sends a very very strong message like the scene at the dinner table when he's you know in the it's in the first part when he's still a kid and he talks to his mentor about what the f word means that was like a super powerful yeah, Super, and it's, yeah, great scene. Yeah, and like the whole, the whole first act had been kind of building to that, and then, um, yeah, and it, I, I really, and just I guess some of the other parts, like, um, like later in the film, how they, uh, I mean, how he's like, hey, don't call me black, but then like chapter three, like, or like I guess like movement three, if you want to call it, like it opens up with like it's like three black, and you're like. Just that before you even see anything, like just knowing that it's like, hey, when he previously he established like, don't call me black, and then right. chapter three is called black. You're like, you you don't like before you even hear the trap music, like the the car, the grills, before any of that comes up, like just that word tells you so much about like this person. Like we're not going to see the, like the the Chiron that we know, mm-hmm. like just from that. And I thought like. I mean, obviously, the uh, those kind of other details just really ram home. There's how like, there's how, man, how tragic it is, but it's just like just from that hint, I thought was like really smart. Of like, man, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm gonna like what I'm about to see. Yeah, and it was really heartbreaking. It really was, and like, yeah, I mean, the evolution of of his identity on like so many different levels was so powerful. Like, I mean, not only like it's like not only his like identity as a gay man but also as a black man and also as the son of a drug addict and also as just a man in general it was really powerful really well done and like it didn't seem like a formulaic movie but it was totally formulaic because like you said that just Mm -hmm. that cut into act three was like super sent a super strong message and was super formulaic yeah definitely and uh um yeah, I it just like I, I just really appreciated just how I mean cause I, this is something I kind of do sometimes where it's just like it's really easy to find think of a version of that movie that is just really I guess what's the word like gratuitous kind of yeah like the lifetime version of that heavy handed just, just yeah and it, and just it, it, and I feel like that kind of in the kind of subject matter is something that would be really easy to be heavy-handed about if you're not careful. And, totally. But it's this movie is just not at all. Like, it doesn't try and do, like, a crash-style, like, like just over, like, this applies to all people of color. Like, it, it, I think it did a really good, like, it was so specific, like, so grounded and so, like, focused. Mm-hmm. That, and, and I think, I mean, and it's still, I, the message of the film, I think, is still really universal, but I, I really appreciated how they, like, they weren't, they resisted the temptation to kind of expand beyond just Chiron and they and I think kept 
keeping it so focused on him just made that movie so much more effective. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And um, I also thought that, okay, and as a straight person, this will sound, you know, like I'm just whatever navel gazing, but I thought that they did a really, really great job handling his homosexuality, like specifically Mm -hmm. like the very last, one of the very last scenes when he's in the diner with his old friend, like when I watched it with my friend after we stopped, I, I turned to her and I was like, that was really like one of the most romantic scenes I've ever seen in a movie. And it was between two men. And you just don't see that. Like you see men who are like closeted and have sexual tension between each other. And you see like overtly sexual scenes between gay men, but you rarely see something that's just like yeah. romantic and sweet. And it really caught me off guard because I was just like, wow. I like, I didn't even realize that I'd never seen a scene like that before in a movie. Yeah, definitely. Like it's, it, it mean, I mean, yeah, you just pretty much said it there. Just how, like, again, it's just like it would have been really easy to just like, oh, we really these, you know, people won't get it if we if we don't do something, you know, really gratuitous. But just like having, just knowing that people would be able to, I mean, I guess that it's just so much more familiar, like that kind of intimacy. Like it's like it, it was really nice just to see that. They didn't, you know, do the, I guess, I don't want to say take the, took the easy road, but they did something that I think that, you know, might be, that wouldn't be something, it's something that we hadn't seen before. And I really appreciate uh, and that to not be afraid to, to go with that and to, you know, stick to their guns there, I thought was, I mean, it's hard to do. Yeah, absolutely. And that director, and I cannot remember his name, which is really bad. It's but that director... Barry Jenkins. What'd you say? I believe, Barry Jenkins, I believe. He worked really hard to get this movie made and to, like, get on the map. Like, I mean, he, like, had, like, numerous shorts before he was allowed to do Moonlight. And, like, that movie was... Like, to give you an example of, like, how that's bullshit, is, like, Damien Chazelle, the guy who did La La Land... Mm-hmm. got to do um, I mean, whiplash, whiplash after only then, having that one short. And then he got La La Land. Like, Barry Jenkins a, had, like, yeah. much, you know, he had, like, a great body of work before this. And, it I mean, it really shows in Moonlight in comparison to, yeah, like, and, Whiplash, which which is a movie that I did think was gratuitous and I wasn't a huge fan of, you know. But. Yeah, and I and I um, I mean, I I I really I enjoyed Whiplash, and I mm-hmm. and I enjoyed La La Land, um, but I think it, it's I think the I think a complaint that I, I sometimes hear about Whiplash and and kind of go okay maybe they're onto something here. It's, it's like uh, it kind of it kind of feels like a sports movie in a lot of ways, and it's like yeah. I guess I mean because we're both musicians, so it's like some it's like so sometimes it's kind of hard to like it's kind of hard to like think about it to kind of separate that musician part of your brain from like what you, I know personally as like what doesn't reflect in that movie. And I think that's, and and sometimes, especially with like with La La Land, there's a lot of things about like only, you know, only Ryan Gosling can save jazz because jazz is in a bad song. It's like, no, jazz is fine, but yeah. it's just like, <laughs> you just have to be like super duper uncynical. Um, and it's, and it, with those movies, but it was kind of going back to the point here, like just looking at like the budget, like La La Land had a $30 million budget. Yeah. Um, and Moonlight had a $5 million budget. 
which I thought was, which it, yeah. it just kind of, again, reinforces your point. I think it's, uh, hopefully I think it's going to open the doors and it shows that people, you know, people, I think people are willing to embrace movies that are, I mean, that are more niche. And then that doesn't mean that it's, that you can tell really good stories that are still, that are really specialized and, you know, well-crafted and right. um, might not on the surface might not apply to a lot of like, mm-hmm. you know, that might not have a lot of like mass appeal, but do have a really universal message kind of buried within. Um, yeah. And it's, and it's sad that like movies like Moonlight are seen as niche because they are so human. Like I like mm-hmm. movies like, the Avengers aren't seen as niche, even though, like, I don't identify with, like, a superhero with, like, magical capabilities who can save the world. I identify much more with a kid who doesn't, like, who can't quite figure out his place in his own neighborhood. You know what I mean? Like, that's so much more universal than the movies that they throw out right now that they call universal, you know? Yeah, but, definitely. And th- And kind of going into, like, another topic, like speaking of like larger movies, like a lot of times I'm sure you probably, uh, you see things in movies that are, um, yeah, as someone who, you know, writes, who does some screenwriting, like things that just make you, you know, face palms. So I guess, <laughs> what are some of you like, I, you know, just generally, like what are some of the, I mean, this is a pretty, there's a lot to kind of go in here, obviously. Yeah. So like, we don't have to spend all day on this. So like, what are some of the, I guess the, the pitfalls that I guess that you see a lot of movies, a lot of maybe these bigger movies, since they're probably the, the culprits here that like, what do you see them kind of falling into a lot? Well, I mean, the number one most important thing in any movie is character. Like a movie can mm-hmm. be about anything. Like it could be about your favorite. If your favorite thing to do is play soccer and your favorite thing to do is watch soccer movies you're only going to enjoy a movie about soccer if you can relate to the characters. Like, it could be the most soccery movie ever, but if you don't like the main character, you're going to fucking hate it, even though you love soccer. And, like, that's something that people just consistently can't seem to get, is that if their characters aren't relatable, that doesn't mean they have to be likable. It doesn't mean they have to look like you or sound like you or have your have your experience of the world but if they're not Mm -hmm. relatable if you can't put yourself in their shoes for a moment and if you can't relate to anything they're doing then your movie sucks no matter how cool the cgi is no matter how impressive the plot is if your characters just aren't there it's garbage which is a big problem in tv too but um yeah definitely especially i find people um like funneling a lot, a lot, a lot of time into their main character in a way that's very facepalmy, and then they their supporting characters all end up just being sounding boards, like really, really flat. Mm-hmm. Like they don't like they don't have a journey of their own kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. Like, um, I think uh, what was my? I guess one. Uh, I guess one kind of example i think of a movie that didn't really fall into this was a movie i really liked last year it was called the nice guys um from shane black it was like the ryan gosling um oh my gosh gladiator guy name. Gladi- yeah gladiator <laughs> um, yeah. what's his name uh, russell crowe yeah russell crowe <laughs> i was like oh and gladiator of course that guy um yeah i i think uh because definitely like you just mentioned um like with side characters and how a lot of times they can be you know kind of cardboard 
Yeah. Um, Ryan Gosling's character has a, has a daughter in the film uh, who I think, um, you know, when, as soon as you, you meet her, you kind of, oh, here's the, like, here's the kid in the movie. Okay. But mm-hmm. she's like whip smart and is, re- and becomes like, and it could easily be a side, like kind of a side story character, but it becomes a really great part of the story. Yeah. And I think just want to kind of like want a little detail I thought was, was really great that, uh, like you go into, they go into her room at one point. And you see, and she's sitting down, and she's like wall to wall. She has like all these Nancy Drew books. Yeah. And like you, it, it's it's kind of you can miss it, but it like I saw that, and I was like, oh, like of course you would have Nancy Drew books. Like she, like yeah. it just made so much sense. So I was I, like, so I thought things like I thought she was a really good example of someone of like a side like a side character not being railroaded and having and like having the like those Nancy Drew books like. Mm-hmm. I thought was really like like it just gave me more insight into her character like it kind of like in, you know in a way that was actually like show don't tell correctly yeah but and just added that much more depth to her which I thought was really really appreciated that's really good <laughs> yeah and I'm gonna go off on like I'll go back to that but I'm gonna go off on a slight tangent that like children fall into that pitfall of like a like shitty side character so often. Like, to the point where, like, you wish that they would die. Like, in, like, in Walking Dead. Do you watch Walking Dead at all? Uh, I watched the first season, but I, I fell off the, I fell off the wagon after the second season. Just, and, and I have a whole kind of, this is something I haven't ranted about, actually. I'm going to sidetrack <laughs> off your sidetrack. I just have a problem with, like, the cycle of the Walking Dead. It's like, okay, Rick finds people. Rick solves problem. I Everything was, is yes. okay. Just kidding. Everything's bad. Somebody dies. Rick goes somewhere else. That is my biggest. People. I I stopped watching this season because I could not stand Rick coming back and saving the day one more fucking time. The guy has to like fall down and have someone pick him up like once, just once. But anyway, there was a character last season or two seasons ago. This little boy who was like a main character in the season. But they, like, did not bother to develop him in any meaningful way and just made him, like, this whiny little bitch. So that, like, when he died on screen, the whole fandom was like, yes, thank God, they killed off this annoying little boy who could have been a great, like, character, who could have, like, been someone that we all related to and loved. But instead, like, they just turned him into, like, a flat, whiny, like, annoying child. But um, back to your talk about kids in movies i actually watched the other day a movie that had really really great side characters who were children um i don't know if you've ever seen short term 12 no i haven't people but have i know t- a lot yeah. of I, it's been getting a lot of kind of buzz lately because i mean i think allison Bree's in that movie uh it's brie uh, larson brie larson is the one you're thinking of brie larson not allison yeah Bree. allison Bree's that lady from community well I this think. movie came out i think in like 2012 2013 and i hadn't seen it but people had been telling me to watch it for a long time so the other night i just sat down and watched it and that movie has tons of kid characters because they work at like a teen help facility kind of thing and Every single one of those kids has a distinct personality, even if, and you see it only if they're, even if they're only on screen for like five minutes of the whole movie, you know exactly who they are. And Mm -hmm. for that reason, that movie could have been really 
gratuitous in the way that it could, you know, like, oh, all these children are, like, just props and the adults, mm. like, it's all about the adults and it's all about their struggles, but no, like, yeah. they did a really, really excellent job of not doing that. Um, yeah. Oh, this kid, you know, he's he's two days away from retirement, you know? It's just like, oh, boy, here we go. Right. Like, they did a really good job, um, which I feel like this happens a lot, especially when dealing with mental health on screen, a lot of times people just, like, become, like, their mental health problem, or they, like, they become yes. whatever, like, problem or flaw, if you want to call it that, that they have, but in this movie, they, did they mm-hmm. like, really made them, you know, obviously their trauma kind of defined who they were, but they did a really, really excellent job making them rounded characters as well. So, that's one of my biggest pet peeves, is when people just kind of, like, dissolve into their whatever problems they have um yeah i think that um i'm trying to think of i know uh the i think there's a show called homeland that's been going on for a while i I think i only watched the first season of it i don't know if you ever saw it yeah the the main character she she's definitely they kind of really fall into that because she you know it's like it's more about what the, the only conflict that kind of it was a pretty interesting, but it's like the conflict of whether or not she took her meds just becomes like, it's just exhausting. Cause it's like, uh, it's like, no, just, I don't, uh, and then they, so they really, I feel like they really fell into that kind of like, Oh, the, like this person's mental prop, like mental struggles. Um, is like the only thing interesting. Otherwise right. she would, uh, it's like the only problem she would encounter is if, uh, cause if she was a normal person, she would just, everything would, we wouldn't have a story. Right. So like, it's just kind of exhausting. Just like, oh, let God, me remind like, you that this person has a mental illness every five minutes. And I mean, yeah, like back to like, moonlight, like moonlight did a really great job of being like, he's a person who happens to be gay. Like it wasn't like, even though the movie was kind of about him being gay, it wasn't all about him being, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't, it was never like, let's remind you that he's gay over and over and over and over again. It yeah, was never like definitely. that. And, um, and, and this actually reminds me, because um, uh, I was really, because we're kind of on this topic, I, we, we recently went to go see the uh, the Power Rangers movie. Oh, yeah? And I had, there, there, I have a lot of things to say about that movie. <laughs> um, I haven't uh, seen like, it yet. I, 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 like, I remarked to Josh the other day, just, like, there's a character who is literally winking at the screen. Like, l- literally, like, it's literally winking. Like. Oh, my God. I don't know why I just did that, well, but. Yeah. It's, but there's, I mean, one of the, um, uh, the, the, one of the characters in the film, uh, Billy, is actually on, like, he's on the spectrum, and. It, they did a, a shockingly good job. Like I was not, I mean, I wasn't expecting it, but they mm-hmm. did a really good job of like, you know, him still being a, like a character who can, you know, solve problems other than, Oh no, my crippling spectrumness. Um, yeah. And, like, I think they did it, it. Like it felt really, I mean, it was believable, but it wasn't the only thing about him. And I think I was, I guess I just wasn't expecting it's, Power Rangers to be that I woke. Was, like the Power Rangers movie to get it. I was yeah. like, what the fuck? What is this? Yeah. It's, just, it, what it, like, I, 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 st- like, 
I'm, that movie is like literally. I'm literally speechless about that movie, but like not in a good way. Yeah. I, I don't know. Oh my god. I. But mm, however, they okay. did do that right, which is good to hear that they did that part right. Uh, yeah, I haven't yeah, seen it exactly. yet. But um, me and my roommate really wants to see it, so I'm sure I'll see it at one at some point. But I I saw I'm Beauty and the play. Beast last night. So have oh. you seen that yet? Yes, we did. We, my wife and I went to go see that a couple weeks ago. I have a thought about that as far as wink-wink at the screen goes. I mean, come on, Josh Gad's character, that was like it. Like, it was just like, I'm gay, I'm gay, I'm gay, I'm gay, I'm gay, I'm gay. I'm gay. Not like, yeah. I am a person with my own hopes and dreams. It, it was like, I am gay and I love Gaston and I it literally like blinds me to all his other flaws. And I'm just like, all right. And that, what, yeah, it's like... <laughs> I guess the kind of, yeah, he, he was, like, very literally, like, a caricature. Um, yeah. And, yeah. But, I mean, besides, the only, the really disappointing thing about that film is that, obviously, Gaston was not the, roughly the size of a barge. I mean. <laughs> right. I mean, they did do that really, like, over-the-top moment where he lifted up two people at the same time to try to, you know make it seem that way but it didn't barges, really work barges can carry multiple people you might be yeah why didn't they cast like jason momoa or something as gaston that would then he would have been roughly the size of a barge truly mm, that's a <laughs> that's a great question yeah no i actually enjoyed that movie i mean it was like delightful as all disney movies are i don't think i've ever seen a disney movie that wasn't delightful except maybe like pocahontas journey to the new world <laughs> But, um, I mean, I liked it. Uh, I don't know. I thought they, yeah. I thought they, like, think, really, um, they, like, added stuff to it that was really kind of unnecessary. Like, going back in time mm -hmm. to Paris to see where her mother died. Like, that was the most what-the-hell thing I've ever seen in a movie. It's like, are you sad yet? It's like, okay, I get it. That, I, that I, I, I haven't seen the, the animated version in quite a while. Um, so I, uh, some of that stuff, I'm like, I don't think I remember this, but I don't really remember. Yeah, really that know. was, that's something that um, I also really, really hate in screenwriting when like they, op they shoehorn something in so obviously like, like it's clear that like when they mapped out the movie, they didn't have that in mind and then they just like shoehorned it in. Cause there were all those like, well, first of all, there was that stupid teleporting book that came up one time, never was used again. Like and then it's like wait, and then, we can solve so many problems with this wait a minute what the what the exactly and then and then it goes away and then the only other time it's brought up is that in that weird scene when they're in the wagon and she's like by the way i found out how mom died and he's like how'd you find out and she's like well i went back in time and he just doesn't even question it like he's like i'm glad you know like, now oh, that your mother of died of the plague that is one of the most annoying things in screenwriting that yeah it's just it's like a complete oversight of like, and it's like, like it, it's an, it, and another problem with it is like, you have the magic mirror, like, why don't you just use that? Like you added in this whole other, like really complicated element when you could have just used the mirror and had her be like, show me my mother. And then she could have had like this little like scene yeah, where she, she sees like, her mother dying. Like she didn't have to go back in it's time. Not, it's not a very like efficient use of dialogue, I guess. No. Also it inspired the worst new song in the whole movie. <laughs> that one where they're in the windmill singing. Oh my God. That was terrible. 
But that's music yeah, related. That's not that's not screenwriting related. I mean, I, again, it's not be our guest or the guest on song. So I mean, right. Sorry. Also, that's... there was that weird moment in be our guest when they were like in like a club. You know, like the very end of be our guest when all of a sudden it was like laser show, like neon I know, staircase. Things got, things got weird. I I was <laughs> like I was weird. just kind of sitting there, just like. <laughs> Just like, like, yeah. oh, like, I cannot take any more stimulation. Like, oh my god, it was kind of. It's uh, like, ah. I know. Oh my god. I I enjoyed it. It was, but it was just like, oh dear god, hang on, hang on, Jones, we're almost there. Okay, um, but I need to ask you, what was your favorite part of the whole movie? Because I have a very specific moment in my mind. That was my absolute favorite part, and I need to know if you agree. What is it? Oh, What's your boy. favorite part? I, I, um, my favorite part. Um, okay, if you don't know off the top of your head, you're not. You don't know. My favorite part of the whole movie is when she gets absolutely nailed in the face with that snowball. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, maybe you shouldn't throw snowballs. That caught me. Weird that caught Bell. My friends and I like laughed for like five minutes after that because we were just caught so off guard by it. Like it just like didn't make any sense with like the tone of the movie, and it was so funny. Ugh. Because she really got nailed, just like yeah, like it wasn't just like a playful like he he got some snow in my hair. It was like probably maybe broke her nose. Like that's how that's how aggressive it was. Uh, hey, it's called it's called Beauty and the Beast, not Beauty and the. You know, yeah. Beast gonna beast going beast, Celia. That's just how. Yeah, that's, that's just how it goes. You that's gotta, true. He is the gotta, beast. You just gotta be ready. <sighs> and also, I did well, see. I, wait, have, did you see? Okay, never mind. Go ahead. I'll let you keep your podcast uh, on track. No, no, you're fine. Um, I I was gonna say we um, I guess one we uh, because you've mentioned to me that you have been watching a lot of horror movies lately mm-hmm. um and i was just thinking well how could we work that in but then uh we but then fortunately the we talked about that trailer for it because oh so cool holy crap that looks so... that looks pretty pretty all right yeah, I I thought I mean I was not expecting much from that movie. I've never seen the original actually, the TV movie from whatever like 1990, and I had never really wanted to see it because clowns really aren't my thing. Um, but that trailer was incredible, partially because there were there's like some new stuff going on, like. A lot of times horror movies will reuse, like, the same scare elements over and over again. And, I mean, they can't really help it because there's only so many ways you can scare people. But, like, that projector thing was sweet. Oh, I was just about to mention that. Like, I thought, um, like, I, I thought that was just super, I mean, that that's all, if the trailer was just that, I would have been like, oh, I'm so in. Because, like, yeah, I mean, I just love that kind of, like, I mean, first of all, that setting just like you know, kind of that's the summer, like nineteen, you know, eighty three. Yeah. Um, you know, we're kids. We have bikes and can go around until like midnight because parents in the eighties or whatever. Yeah. Like I, I kind of like that. You know, obviously, Stranger Things is drawing a, a lot from film Spielberg and uh, Stephen King, but it, it just felt it, it. That vibe is, is I think, very strong in this movie. Uh, and uh, man, that that oh, that seems. 
Yeah, I mm-hmm. thought that was so cool. Have you ever <laughs> have you ever read the webcomic Dawn Ghost? No, I haven't. <laughs> okay, well there's it reminded me of this this anime comic that like when you scroll it like does this really ingenious thing where, like when you scroll oh, wait, down it like makes one, your browser stuck that, and you can't scroll is past it. That it? one Korean one? Yes, where there's that I scary think, face. Oh, sh- oh no, da, 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 That's exactly what it reminded it up me of. Ah! <laughs> Yeah, you're going to have to look it up again. But oh that's what it reminded no, me of. Oh, it's so horrible. Oh, oh why would you remind me of that? <laughs> but I, Sorry, I just ruined your whole week. Um, but something else that, I mean, I knew I was in on the trailer. Like, I knew I was like, this is awesome. When they had, when they showed um, that really iconic scene where he looks in the sewer and sees the clown. And the clown actually scared the shit out of me. Like, when you see the screenshot from the original movie, it looks like it's, like, Ronald McDonald in a well telling the kid, like, come to McDonald's. Like, it's not scary at all. But it's this like, clown like, was oh, like, oh, hi, Tim Curry. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, you're, you're hamming it up down there. Can I come hang out with you? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, but like, this nope, is like. No, also, probably when Georgie was running and then just hit that, that um, the, I guess, like, the municipality like barrier thing yeah just like clocked right and it was like okay kids falling down okay i'm i'm kind of into this i'm in i don't know yeah no i i think it looks that so awesome which i'm happy uh, about i think it just looks like it just looks good like i think i really like the style that they have and and the, the the score i mean the score obviously is like the trailers are kind of have a lot of different music than like the final film, but man, so just the score was just like, just like I was watching this like I, I watched the trailer like at work when I was when I first saw it, and then mm-hmm. I decided to watch it when I was in the house by myself, you know, on my computer. It's like, nope, I cannot do this. I'm I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> I can't. I just you know I'm going to count my losses. I'm yeah. Stop right there. Yeah. No, it it was truly like one of the scariest shows I've seen in a long time, and um. I was really happy with it, too, because it's such, like, a simple concept. Like, there's a clown who's murdering people, and, like, I, like, the projector thing was, like, a really fresh scare, but, like, for the most part, it was, like, really simple, like, solid horror stuff. Like, it wasn't anything, like, over the top. Like, you find a lot of times now, like, horror movies will, like, like be, like, super, super, super over the top with things, because they feel like they have to be Mm. new, but sometimes, like, it's that old-school scare stuff that's the best of all. Um, But, I mean, speaking of, like, keeping it simple, I don't know if you've seen It Follows. Did you see that? Yes, I have. That's, like, a good example, like, of a movie that embodies that, like, less is more, keep things simple. I mean, it's a really fresh concept, but, like, it's, like, at the same time, like, the simplest movie you've ever seen, which is why it was so good. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like, I, I, man, I really liked It Follows. I think, uh, man, like, I mean, just, like, it was really just, you know, you, they have a really simple concept, you mm-hmm. know, you kind of understand, you kind of under, are learning the rule, like, it's paced well, because you're learning the rules of this thing, Right. You know, look kind of along with the characters. And then just and visually it never got old for me when, you know, the camera's panning and you're like, wait, what was that person in the background? And then by the time it loops around again, you're like, oh fuck that, that, go, 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 go. that's the thing, that's the that's right there. Oh. Yeah. That like, scene with that, the old lady. Always... Oh my god, the scene with the old lady walking toward her when she's in class. Oh my god, that's oh, so it's good. Just, 
Oh, it's so it man, it's so good. And plus the um, I was uh, like I really like that composer. His name is Disasterpiece. I think he's done like a couple of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, scores and he did that. He did the soundtrack for Follow. So I have, I have, it was like a, a kind of a Spotify station that kind of plays some of his stuff sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, it was kind of at work reading. Um, and then all of a sudden, the It Follows soundtrack, like with that, like that, dunk, 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 dunk. I was like, oh, and you're like, oh, no, <laughs> I'm at work. There's so many people just walking around aimlessly. Oh, yeah, that. Uh, this is so bad. Oh, no. Yeah, exactly. That I mean, that score, like, really just took it. I mean, that movie would have been good without a good score, but that score just, like, took it to, like, a level that, like, I didn't even know could exist. <laughs> so good. But I mean, like. Yeah, I. Have you ever, have you seen um in any of the Insidious movies? I think it's been a while, but I watched, I think I watched the first one. It's kind of like a poltergeisty kind of thing, right? Yeah, a little bit. And that, I was just going to say, like, that movie has an incredible score. Like, really, really effective. Um, So that's another good example. That movie is, I really like Insidious. I think I like It Follows more. Partially because It Follows, like, accomplished so much with so little, like, like Moonlight, like such a small yeah, budget, such it's... a small world. Yeah. Again, like that small world stuff is sometimes like the most effective because I find like the bigger the cast and the bigger the world, the more loose ends there are and the more um, inconsistencies and the more useless characters. Yeah, and, yeah. It's, and it's definitely like a horror I think kind of ha- like kind of horrors having like you know smaller budgets like you know you're not going to have like an Infinity War style budget for a horror movie and I think right. that's honestly because I think that's that's probably a good thing and mm-hmm. you know in making a horror movie successful because you know the scariest I, I think what makes a horror movie really good is when it plays on like your imagination and when because what yeah. you're imagining and what you what it like hints towards is way scarier and way more interesting than any sort of like cg kind of creation that they could throw totally. together i mean that that's obviously great great for like a climax but the building of the tent like kind of like how because we had recently just watched um the original alien great um, movie cause, yeah because sarah hadn't seen any of those um and i i just had kind of forgotten just how long it is from like you know when it, when you know the table scene hat like the scene happens mm-hmm. with like when it first kind of appears in its adult adult form um, to when you see it again. I mean, it's just like it's a good fifteen twenty minutes slow burn where yeah. you, you don't see it, and it's just like this whole time you're like this thing could be anywhere. We don't know what it does. It has acid blood yeah. on a spaceship, <laughs> like just. It's kind of like how Jaws was like by necessity they kind of had to hide the shark because the because it's a frumpy looking kind of thing up close, right? Um, but it ultimately like I think um, I mean horror, those I guess some of the, those horror movies generally have been so successful or like really effective horror movies for me are ones that aren't afraid to, aren't afraid to you know really kind of have a slow burn. Yeah, and like that's something that a lot of modern horror movies do really badly is they show the monster way too much at, like in the third act and then you are not scared of it anymore like insidious is one of those movies where like 
the first, like, two acts of that movie are scary as fuck and, like, really good. And then in the third act, they show the main demon so much that he becomes, like, funny. <laughs> it looks like a, like, like a, like one of those weird episodes of Spongebob where it's, like, the people. Um, yeah. Or they have, like, that weird pirate. It's like, oh, here's my weird devil friend. It's like, wait, oh, this is, it's, man, right. I should go watch that movie again. That movie's pretty good. And it's, because oh, it's playing the weird music tunes and it just keeps going. It's like, what? This is, this is going on a real trip, man. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> and that's another thing that's so good about It Follows is, like, not only is it, does it fall into, like, the category of, like, movies that use real things to be scary, like, not CGI, because they're literally using people. But also, because it's a different person every time, you never, like, get tired of it. Like, you never have that feeling of, like, oh, I've seen this scary face before a million Mm -hmm. times. It's, like, a new face every single time, which is so ingenious, because then it's never not scary. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and just having, like, kind of the behavior and, like, how distinctly non-human it is. Yeah. It's, like, even even though it does look different, it's, like, it's still scary just because, like... You mm-hmm. recognize that behavior, and it's like by the time it's like you know from a distance, it's like well, I don't know, but then it's like oh no, wait, we I I know what's going on here. See, that uh, is why uh, I am waiting for um, a good scary doll movie because that like inhuman. I forget what the what it's called, but there's like that the reason why humans are why people get are afraid of dolls is because they're human like, but they're not human, and that really un- unsettles us. And that's why kind of like, like an uncanny. I think it's called like the uncanny valley. Yeah, something like that. Kind of what that concept is called. But dolls are terrifying, and I'm waiting for a good scary doll movie. And there hasn't been one. Annabelle was garbage. Chucky is just hilarious. Like there has, there's never been a good like scary doll movie. And there needs to be one. I'm saying it right now, calling to all you horror directors: make an actual scary doll movie, please. <laughs> That's a re- that's a very specific but very reasonable request. I can respect that. I think that. so. I mean, I think it's reasonable. I mean, you could probably make that I pretty think that's low budget reasonable. too. Balls are scary as hell. They they really truly are, really and truly. I'm trying to think. Oh, I watched a really good. If if you're into like micro budget horror, I watched a really good one with my roommate the other day called The Monster. It just came out, like, last year, and there's literally, like, four people in the cast. It's just, it's mostly just about a mother and a daughter, and it's, like, really low budget. It uses, um, mostly, like, puppetry, um, instead of CGI. It's, like, a, kind of, like, a classic monster movie. Really, really good. Good writing, too. That one, that's one that flew under the radar, for sure. Yeah, that sounds, it sounds interesting. I'll have to check it out. And I'm also, uh... I'm also probably due up for my non-semi-annual rewatch of The Thing because I think if I had to pick a favorite horror movie, I think that's probably one of my favorites. Just well, Even if it's not like, it's kind of not tech. Well, no, it's a horror movie. Well, first yeah, of all, because totally. it has Kurt Russell, who's... who's Amazing. Uh, I, he, I like me some Kurt Russell. I don't know if I uh, agree with him about a lot of things, but... Man, like, I love Kurt Russell knows how to ham it up and just be a cool guy action dude when he when he needs to be, and it's just yes, he does. I haven't watched that movie in a really long time. I'm gonna have to rewatch it too. I love that. I love that era of horror, though. Like seventies, eighties horror is like my favorite. Like with all the like all the practical effects in that movie are like I think are I mean because definitely like CG. I mean because we're so used to like CG now, so something like that isn't. 
I don't know if it's as effective, like, as something, like, because, like, the physical, like, the, like, just some of the stuff that they do in that movie, we're just like, it's just like, oh, God, this is so, oh, my God, well, this I is mean, so disgusting, gross, ew. And like, I, mean, I don't you know, know if it would exactly, be the same when, when you think of like. that movie, there's one scene that you think of distinctively that, like, that, that head falling off and turning into a spider, like, every time oh I think about God, the thing, so that's the only just thing like, I can think about when I think of that movie. That's, like, that's how much it stuck with me. But, yeah. And, like, uh, yeah, and there's just so many good classic scenes in that one. Like, I I still cannot get over, like, the blood test, because they're like, oh, like, it's like, okay, well, we know one of these guys, but it's like, oh, this is, okay, well, everything's, everyone's kind of taking this reasonable, but then it's like, as soon as that guy fails the test, he's like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, I love that whole era. I love um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I love Friday the 13th. I love Nightmare on Elm Street. There's just something I love so much about that movie. And honestly, it's, it's not I'm even like that. I don't know if I've seen that. I should probably go watch it. Oh, you've got to watch Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. It is so great. Like, it's not, I wouldn't call it scary. There are definitely scenes that are super unsettling, but it's not, there's not even really a lot of jump scares. It's just like such, like, a cool idea like putting yourself like back in that time and like watching like conceptually a movie. it's just like yeah watching a movie the... about a guy who can kill you in your dreams like how awesome is that that is so cool um but i i love that i love that about like old horror movies that you can like put yourself back in that time and be like even if you're not scared now like whoa this would have like totally made me shit my pants if i had been a teenager in 19 yeah like I mean, because, you know, we're so desensitized as millennials. Right, we have right, no idea right, what, yeah. You know, you know, we are, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, it is, like, contextually, it's really cool to think about um, kind of those big moments in, in like, in film yeah. history. Like, like, the other, like, how, well, I guess when people were like, holy shit, what do you mean? Darth Vader is Luke's father. Like, yeah. that's kind of like, it's, it's just like, uh, through cultural osmosis, you can't have that. I mean, it's just, you just know right. it these days. Like, it's not even, like, a spoiler anymore. It's just, like, every, it's just, you just know it. Right. They've had but to like, get really creative with twists, or, like, the twist is that there is no twist, because everyone's just, like, always, like, I know what the twist is. Like, I've already predicted it, you know? I'm looking at you, Westworld. <laughs> I haven't watched the final episode yet. I literally watched the entire first season except the last <laughs> episode. <laughs> huh. Huh. Okay. <laughs> I know. Well, it took, it's, that show is, like, I like it, but at the same time, it's, like, a chore to watch, you know? Like, you really have to, like, because it's one of those shows that you cannot look away from for a second, or you miss some, like, crucial piece of information. Yeah. So you have to, like, be ready to just, like, put your phone down and just, like, watch for an hour uninterrupted. And you know what? Sometimes I I just can't do that. I did, Westworld, you asketh too much of me, and and I think I also had a problem. I I liked Westworld, but I think just the subreddit, like uh, I was like, oh, I like the first episode. Let's go see what the subreddit thinks. And the subreddit's like, oh, well, I've actually already figured out the entire season. Blah, and I'm just like, oh, uh, huh. huh. I guess that makes the right. little. That's like actually probably exactly. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I guess I'm just kind of along for the ride here. Right, and now, like, they've, now shows are starting to, like, operate on the basis that, like, that kind of thing exists, like, that kind of prediction exists. Like, with The Walking Dead, like, they had their big, I'm sure you heard about this even if you didn't watch it, but they had their big, like, huge cliffhanger at the end of last season where you didn't know who was going to die. 
And, like, everyone was like, this is so cheap. Like, this is so stupid. And, like, I agree. But also, it was completely, like, everyone also loved it because, like, secretly. Because then they could, like, predict who was going to die. And they had all this time to, like, to Mm -hmm. theorize and, like, look over all the episodes and, like, figure out, like, ooh, like, they're pointing to this person, they're pointing to this person. And everybody did that, even though they whined about the fact that they, the producers made this choice. And, yeah. They fall right into their trap, but mm-hmm. it is, it's really weird how, like, entertainment has kind of morphed into, like, the social media world. Like, everything is, like, released yeah. and made, like, with social media in mind, and it's really Yeah, really it's like, um, because I, I mean, I've been, it's definitely kind of go off of that. Like, I saw that some of, like, the Stranger Things guys for season two, like, they're burning daily show notes, like, for shooting. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't throw them away. They have to burn them. Oh, like, my God. just to, like, and then, and Game of Thrones has been having, like, drones, like, on trying to, like, fly close to set to, like, for people to take pictures. Like, oh, my God, this character's alive. <gasps> Or something like that, which is just like that's. I mean, it's kind of cool, but like, it's what? Like that's so wild. Like it is wild. It, it's really. It's like, I guess it's kind of like interesting how. I mean, TV especially, just how like interactive feels like not a strong enough word, mm-hmm. but like how much? I mean, how how I like I um. Like, I recently, uh, uh, I think I, I've been watching, I watched, like, the first episode of Legion. It was, it's like, it's like an FX show. Um, and, and I watched it, and it was like, oh, it's like, oh, there's so much, like, there's so much going on. It's like, I mean, it's like, for me, it was just like, I don't, you know, I get it, but, like, there's just a lot going on here, and I'm not really attached to anybody just yet. But I go in, I go into the subreddit, and they're freaking out. It's like, oh, this hint is, like, actually, this guy, he's, like, like the, the yellow king and from like this character from x-men and they're and i hear like that that one of the like the one of the producers of the show was spotted having breakfast with like sir patrick stewart and was like oh my god like i'm already like it's like I, not only do i have to catch up with the show it's like i have to catch up with like the community it's just like holy crap like we're at peak tv it's like ah. it's I I know it's nuts and like how much social currency there is around like whether you've watched a TV show or not like I've never watched Legion but it's one of those shows like that everyone's like watch this watch this watch this and if you don't they're like but why and I'm like maybe it's because there's literally hundreds of TV shows on and there's like too much like you can't watch everything and it's like socially unacceptable if you haven't watched certain things I know and that's the problem that's it's like that's that's the great crisis of our age at peak TV it's like and and of course I have the you know I'm someone who watches the you know the the name droppiest of all name dropping shows like (laughs) oh did you watch the Americans last night Mm, pretty Mm, relevant these days Mm -hmm. yeah yeah exactly Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm Um, that's actually a really good show. It's just, it's, I mean, uh, sidebar, the pace is, the pace is glacial. It is just so slow. I'm fine with that because I watched the most glacial, one of my favorite shows on right now, actually just ended, is the most glacial on the planet. Um, Rectify, have you watched Rectify? I haven't. You've got to watch that. That's like, um, it's about a guy who is convicted of killing raping and killing his girlfriend at 18 goes to jail is on death row for like 18 years 19 years and then he gets acquitted because there's like new evidence 
and he, like, lives in this really small southern town, and, like, everyone's, like, divided on, like, whether he did it or not, and it's basically just about Uh, him, like, re, like, joining society, and, like, you don't know if he did it or, if he really did it or not, and, like, you don't, like, uh does his family think that he did it? I don't know. Like, it's, it's really good. You should check it out. It's a Sundance Channel show, and, like, nobody watches it, but... (laughs) Super Ew, good. It's on Sundance Netflix. Channel. Yeah, mm-hmm. ooh, Sundance Channel. Yeah, exactly. I win. I win in the ooh, I <laughs> That's wish. pretty good. Ooh, I, I know, like my my TV. show was on basic cable, but man, I, I don't even know how to get this Sundance channel. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> Netflix, man. It's on Netflix. Watch it. Okay. There but you go. Americans is one I have to get back into. I watched like the first like I do this all the time, where I'll like watch a show like the first couple episodes and I'll be like, That was awesome. I have to keep watching this and then I just forget about it. Yeah, definitely. Like, I it's just there's just too much. Like, there is. I mean, because that's kind of like I mean, I was interested in Legion, like, and I hear good things about it, but it's just like I just don't have the time. I mean, it's like it's kind of the same thing I have like going on like with. I mean, I'm going to mention it like our game podcast. It's just like there's just too many. There's just too much hashtag content and just not enough time to hashtag consume hashtag content. The video game struggle is real because I seriously play games five years after they come out. Like, I just played Skyrim for the first time. And when did that come out? Like, 2011? Like, I'm very behind. Oh, God, it did. Yeah, it came out when I was, like, a... I think we were juniors in college. Mm -hmm. That makes me feel... Oh, oh boy. That's weird. But I won't but go yeah. off, I could talk about video games, but I won't go off on a video game tangent, because that's for a video game podcast. And this, this is, is a, Creed this Got is Robbed, a, a film podcast. podcast. Yes. <laughs> Trying to rectify the 2016 Oscars and the great crime that occurred. <laughs> Continue. Um, what were we just talking about? Uh, oh, TV, yeah. Peak TV. And the problems, yeah. and I actually have a lot more to say about TV than movies because I'm I want to be a TV writer, like that's what I focus on. I I mostly write TV stuff, um, but I could talk about TV forever. Um, but yeah, it's just like it's overwhelming how much stuff is on, and it's what's even more overwhelming is like I won't even get into like the superhero shows because all their stupid like crossovers, like. Luke Cage crosses over with Jessica Jones, crosses over with Iron Fist. Like, it's too fucking much, man. Like, it's like, I, I, I just, I wrote, I just have kind of written off like the Marvel, the Marvel Netflix stuff. Like, I like the Marvel movies. Like, I think they're pretty, like, entertaining, like, you know, blockbustery stuff. And it's a hell of a lot better than the DC stuff. My God. Um, (laughs) But, like, the TV show, I mean, first of all, it's like, Okay, we're in peak TV. You don't have to be thirteen. You don't have to have thirteen episodes when you have eight episodes of story. Like you don't have to do that. Yeah. Like, people are yeah. okay if, if it's like if it's just eight episodes of TV instead of thirteen hours of not. But it's like we watched. I think we watched the first season of Daredevil, which is. I mean, just the pacing is just. It's just bad. And I, th- I think I thought we, we thought Jessica Jones was all right. But we, I couldn't, I couldn't get through, um, I couldn't get through Daredevil season two. And I think I watched like a couple ep- like an episode or two of Luke Cage, which I think had some good parts, but yeah. it's just like, and I just hear it just drive dives down a cliff. And then Iron Fist is just a, just a real, I, I, I've, there's just a whole lot to unpack there, you know, with like the whitewashing, the, like the, 
Like I, I saw a clip of like a fight scene that had literally like fifty cuts in within sixty seconds. Oh my god! Just like I'm like, oh my god! Like, oh Jesus Christ! Like, how do you? How does that happen? I know. Well, it's that. You know what it is? It's it's that. And I could go back to Beauty and the Beast for this. Yeah, Beauty and the Beast, La La Land, like, and this and that show for this is like stop casting big names. For roles that they can't do. Like, love Emma Watson. Think she's a fantastic actress. She can't sing. Emma Stone, yeah, slightly better. Def- still could have cast a Broadway person. Why didn't they cast somebody who kind of knows, at least kind of knows martial arts for the Iron Fist? Like, why did they have to cast, um, oh God, I don't remember his name in um, Game of Thrones. What is his name? I'm just going to search Game of Thrones Sir Iron Loris. Fist, dude. Sir Lo- Loris. Yeah. Why did they cast him? Why didn't they just, like, find somebody who kind of did martial arts and acted? You know what I mean? Like, it's just it's that star power thing yeah. that, like, really ruins things. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, no offense to Finn Jones, the actor, but, I mean, you know, Finn Jones is... Hearing Finn Jones is in a, a Netflix series, doesn't it? Uh, you know? Yeah. And it's just... It, that's the thing of Peak TV. It's just, like... I, there's no time for mediocrity. There's just, I'm, there's no chance for it. I know. Well, and the statistics, like, and you guys are really going to be, you mediocre TV shows are going to be in real trouble when the Venture Brothers comes back. Well, you know like, Cause then I won't really, I will <laughs> definitely not care about your not yeah. great TV show. Well, you know, what's really sad is like, there's so many TV shows on right now. And like for every TV show that's made, like 10 pilots are shot and like, 100 scripts are bought so like there are so many projects that like are either not developed at all or had a pilot and never went in like so like the amount of stuff out there is just insane like and some of the stuff that with the wealth of content that's out there some of the stuff that's getting made is like there's no excuse for it like with the access to material that production studios have like there's just no excuse for things like iron fist to happen like, we know yeah, too much like, about effective storytelling and about what is acceptable to do, <clears throat> not whitewashing, you know? It's just ridiculous right, that stuff like that is still made. Yeah, and I think definitely, like, there's I, I there's actually been, like, stuff that I, I think one of the better things about, quote, peak TV uh, it just has been how, I mean, just you can find something that's really great, like, anywhere. Like, you don't have to... Like you don't have to go to, you know, eight, wait for HBO to come out with like True Detective season two, which was, right. my God, just a nightmare. <laughs> um, but so it's like HBO is doing that. But then you look at like CW, like the CW, like what, like what, what has the CW ever done? And they're turning and they're running a show like Crazy Ex Girlfriend, which is a great show. Yeah, like, I love that show. Yeah, and so it's, totally. it's really cool to see like. I guess play shows and places that maybe wouldn't get attention from something like an HBO or like a Showtime or something, you know, pop up in like weird places like Amazon Prime Video or you know like the CW or like I don't know TV Land or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like, it's Land. really cool to see. Yeah, and uh, Lifetime has Unreal, which I watched a couple episodes of. That show is good, and Lifetime you only think of as like the pregnancy packed tv movie channel and they're here they are creating like emmy worthy tv content like it's crazy everybody has a skin in the game at this point yeah like it's it's 
Not to be like, oh, everyone good in film knows that real art happens on television <laughs> these days, but it's it's really crazy to see just like the the star power that is coming to TV. Like one yeah. of like I think one of my fa- I think my favorite show last year, which was like The People versus O.J. Simpson. Oh, I haven't watched that I mean, yet. You know they had like I mean they have like Cuba Gooding Jr. They have you know. Uh, Ross from Friends. Who, uh, obviously, that's his real name. That's obvious. that's definitely not <laughs> just his from the character. Friends, yeah. No, David that's his real Mr. David Schwimmer, yeah, yeah, Mr. Ross from Friends. Um, John Travolta, like just people that you wouldn't really expect to have on like a basic cable. You know what was once yeah. back in the good old days, the like basic cable show. But here they are, and it's. I thought it was just one of the one of the best things I've ever watched on TV. It's like I. Oh, it's it's really good. Yeah, and it's really, really weird because there's this phenomenon where, like, studios are less afraid to take chances on TV. I mean, some studios are still afraid. Like, the NBC, CBS, they still do, like, yeah, the most, like, like, snor- like snore-worthy shows. But, um, but like, um, studios are less afraid to take chances on TV than they are with movies, even though TV shows probably end up costing a lot more in the end. Like, I would think to shoot a whole season mm. of a TV show is probably more money than an average movie. I might be wrong there. Don't quote me on that. Well, it's in the podcast now, yeah, so you're quoting it, me on it. It definitely <laughs> kind of, it can definitely probably vary, you know, based on, like, I mean, like, like especially when you compare something like Game of Thrones versus, like, I don't know, like a film like Moonlight. Like, it's crazy just how much variety. It's like, and you would yeah. never see anything like that, you know, kind of in a pre-Game of Thrones era. But I guess, like, I guess when you go back and think about, like, shows like, shows like, I, I guess, you know, broadcast TV's been pretty good about, like, I know people really enjoy things like Empire. Um, mm-hmm. But it's definitely, like, they, they've kind of been struggling lately. Like, I mean, you know, we're, we're tragically past the days of, like, 30 Rock and, um, right. and like, Lost. But it, it's... I, I just haven't seen, you know, you know it, it's it's interesting that things like, they're they almost like, I don't want to say ahead of the curve, but there's some good stuff happening on your, your good old, like, rabbit ears TV for a good long time, and it seems like... Yeah, totally. I wonder if they'll ever, if they'll recapture that mojo. We'll see. Yeah, I think probably they did what they could within the bounds of what the network would allow them to do. And they were allowed to be like revolutionary to a point. And sometime in the last like 10 years, they hit that point and couldn't go any further. Like around like the lost era, like you were saying, like they just couldn't go any further or like with friends, like friends was about as sexual as they were ever going to get with a multicam. You know what I mean? Like, and they are like, well, and grace like that, like that's about as far as those boundaries are ever going to push, you know? And so now it's up to like the, you know, HBOs and the AMCs of, of the entertainment industry to like continue to push the envelope because they're actually allowed. But, Mm -hmm. and then all of this of course is, it's just, there's so much to like unpack and talk about here. Cause all of this is happening with like the cord cutting and like the, I mean, because you know networks are like clinging to like live sports for dear life yeah. to like keep subscribers, and it's yeah, like it's gonna be really weird when all that stuff kind of finally. I mean, because you, I, I know that there, you've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of reports about like they're working like we're not that far away from having basically like a Netflix style approach to like Netflix 
having like doing a deal with the NBA and getting like I don't know, like a Wednesday night primetime game or something like that, like yeah. through Netflix. Like I don't think that's that far off, which is gonna be. I mean, it's just gonna put those big. It's just gonna. I mean, in case we haven't already made it clear. Uh, and it's only going to get weirder, which I think might be good. Yeah, yeah, I think it's good. I mean, I think, I think everyone's afraid of that kind of change. I mean, like, I mean, the newspaper industry, that's like almost dead. But like, it's, <clears> it's, <throat> it's worse in some ways because writers don't quite have the same job security as they did when newspapers were big. But it's better in other ways where news is a little more competitive and we, there are a lot more sources to get our news from and we have it in mm. right in the palm of our hand every second of every day. That's nice. But yeah, I mean, with news has been doing, it was news has been doing okay lately yeah, uh, for yeah. reasons, right? For reasons. There, there yeah. Reasons. <clears throat> reasons. Yeah. Mr. Burns fingers. <laughs> reasons. Fingering <laughs> Mr. Burns. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's what the, that's what the kids call it these days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, Netflix is great because also it, like, um, I mean, back back in the day, like, if you missed a TV show, like, if it was, if, like, a TV show was on when you were 10 years old and you weren't old enough to watch it, like, you would have never gotten to watch it unless you, like, rented the DVDs from the library when they came in, like, but now you can go back and be like, oh, here's that cool show that was, like the most revolutionary show ever like 15 years ago and here it is on netflix and i can just watch it you know what i mean like i know i find myself doing that like i'll go back like i i never had access to hbo until like the past couple years and so i went back and watched like six feet under and like 10 years too late and it was like one of the best things i've ever seen even though it's like 10 or 15 years old now so yeah like definitely some of that it's cool it's crazy just how like Again, it's just like, like there's it, just too much. Like there is too it's, much. It's. I really hope that these. I always get worried. I'm like, oh my god, the show isn't getting all these viewers. What are they gonna do? But it's like, just. It's almost like they're just. I don't even know. There's just. There's just too much. I don't yeah, know. yeah. And, uh, that's. We haven't. We have Celia. We haven't even started talking about the YouTube original content. Oh my god! I thought you like web series we don't stuff. Have to, like, well, I mean, I have something to say about web series because I did a web series. Young Hillary. Um, but Young Hillary. Yeah, it's weird because I think web series, like, keep trying to break into, like, people's daily lives. But, like, I don't know what it is, but they web series have been around for a long time, but they still haven't really taken hold in, like, all, like, in regular society. Like... HBO is now a thing that normal everyday people watch, but, like, my mom doesn't get online and go watch web series on YouTube. You know what I mean? Unless yeah, I tell her like, to. That's, it's like, that stuff is gonna, I, I, that's kind of what I, I guess what I'm thinking here is, like, eventually, there, it's, there's gonna be a point where that stuff just kind of blends in, like, you know, you just pay, like, your YouTube premium subscription, or, like, you know, on Netflix, like, what at a certain point it's like is this a web series or is it is it a tv show it's like it's not really a it wasn't really broadcast on tv it doesn't yeah, have I like a full true. 26 episode order so it's like like the lines are kind of blurring and i think yeah i guess that is true that like cool. you can't really call weird. 
Yeah, it is true that, like, what what is the difference between a web series and a TV show? Like, it, yeah, that's true. But, I mean, I think, I still think that people, at least in my industry, don't, a lot of people don't see web series as, like, the, like, what they want to do, but just, like, a means to an end. Like, Broad City's an example where, like, they had their web series for, like, two years on YouTube, and then, like, Amy Poehler watched it and loved it, and then she, now they have an actual TV show on Comedy Central. Yeah. So I think web series are still kind of stuck in that weird gray area where, like, you, they, because they don't like, really make money. That's the problem, is, like, you can't make money that way. So then people just make yeah. web series in order to get writing, you know, jobs on actual TV shows or to get acting jobs on TV shows, you know. So... Maybe once people want to watch web series enough that they can actually charge people for it, maybe then it will be profitable. <laughs> but right now, someday. It's just, someday. Well, yeah. I'm looking at the time, and I think uh, we had a lot of talking. I think we. I I don't know about you, but I think uh, I think that was a pretty good pod. I yeah, think I, might, I think I might call it here. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, yeah. Well, um, hey, this has been. Uh, an episode of Creed Got Robbed. You can find us in, you know, Josh usually does the rant about the places you can find us, but you'll, you, if you're listening to this and you made it all this and you made it this far, you, you know where to find us. Um, and yeah, so yeah, this was super fun. We should, uh, you should come back and, and talk to us sometime. Talk I, to I would love me to. and or. And maybe, maybe we can have like cool. a crossover podcast with your video game one and we can, I'll talk about video games and movies. <laughs> Yes, it is. You know, we, we were just joking the last time. Just like the the unscripted conglomerate, it's 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 happening. Yes. You know, they they won't ex, they won't expect our uh, our tic tac toe podcast until until <laughs> it's right there. But get ready, folks! It's coming. Get ready, it's coming for down it. the pipeline. Prepare for content. Summer twenty seventeen, the tic tac toe podcast. Just wait until they get to the post credit scene. It's a real doozy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank All right, you for well, having hey, me, Mike. Yeah, no problem, Celia. And don't forget, everybody, Creed got robbed.